And Kenya, man, you are not afraid of going to the exotic place on your mission trips, are you? No, no. In fact, this will be my third trip in two years. So, so we we go over, we fly to Nairobi, and then we take a three hour taxi ride over to uh, the Great Rift Valley, where the where all the earthquakes happen, and that's where all the all the wildebeest and zebras and ter- giraffes roam, and so it's it's beautiful country, beautiful beautiful country. Oh, how fun! And do you get to stay a pretty long time? We stay a week. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a week, and so we work with uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, people that are on the border of, uh, of poverty, trying to start get out of get out of poverty, and uh, and so we help them build business plans, start micro businesses for their communities. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I am the host for today's show. Very exciting show. Tony Mashara Day. I know it's exciting. Oh, I'm the host for today's show. I'm Todd Conklin. How art thou? Is, uh, is life grand and everything going well? Is 2018 the year you hoped it would be? The year you've dreamt of? The year um, where all your dreams have come true no started to come true it doesn't have to happen today that would be that would be kind of selfish and weird um so yeah gosh i'm back and uh i had an amazing trip uh to asia always fun had a great time on uh it was mostly southeast asia so i was on uh singapore the malay peninsula uh hung out in vietnam to eat which is the reason to go to vietnam and then met up with some associates from another large soft drink company and uh and uh, had a great time just a good little work was done lots of uh, uh things were eaten um things you recognize sometimes things you don't recognize uh it all tasted pretty good no big drama i was trying to think if there's anything exciting um i will tell you on my flight back the tv monitor didn't work um and i, I you'd think that's a giant problem but if that's your biggest problem, then your life's pretty shallow. Mostly, I thought that was a sign from the universe to sleep. So I took it as a, a sleep sign. And that was a good thing to do as well. So that was fun. And um, gosh, I don't know, just jumping right back into it. It's been exciting. There's been so much stuff going on, and it's it's fun to watch everything happening. I've got a project I'm working on. I've, I'm probably going to get permission and talk about it. But uh, well, we'll do that. We'll make that happen. I'll, I'll, I won't. I'll, <laughs> what a terrible thing to do. I won't tease something that I'm not going to talk about. I'll just say, man, there's a good podcast coming up in a couple of weeks. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about all sorts of exciting stuff. But today, though, today, without much further ado, let's talk to our buddy Tony Mishara. And if you don't know of Tony, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome, friends of the pod. You're all welcome. We're glad you're here. This is a little conversation podcast that we have around uh, seeing safety differently and kind of understanding the world in a different way and taking kind of a new view approach to human performance or human and organizational performance or whatever you choose to call it. We're a bunch of people that think about systems and reliability and safety. And Tony Mashara in many ways is the, uh, is, is kind of a forefather. He's, he was an early adopter, really early adopter and uh, worked for Inpo, which he talks about actually in this podcast a little bit. 
and just has been a kind of a part of the journey. And he's got a new book out. I don't know if you even know it. Uh, if you don't know of it, it's uh, it's great. So I got to to uh, be a part of it pretty early on, and he let me read a, a, a galley copy, a draft of it. And uh, the book is actually entitled Risk-Based Thinking. And then the subtitle is Managing the Uncertainty of Human Error and Operations. And if you remember about oh, a year ago, we, bit, we did a rather large debate on the podcast around whether human error was important or not and, and how people feel about error. And it's funny, Tony has, has really evolved. And this book is really a great example of that evolution. It is a fine, fine book. It's it's good in that it's it's really written for sort of the the leader level, and I I do think that's kind of the sweet spot in in uh, facilitating change in an organization is to engage leadership in in understanding the world a little differently, and that's it's really what Tony's taken on. It's 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 technical. And so if you've got leadership that's, you know, engineer-ish or engineer-y, uh, however the best way to say that, or, or, or like, you know, some technical bases by which they can um, think about the world, Tony's book's a good, it's a really good hit for that. It, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And, and what I wanted to do, and I probably should have done this a little earlier, but I'm, I'm glad I did get it all scheduled, was to have Tony talk about it. I mean... It's always fun to hear people talk about that process of writing the book, what they were thinking, why they wrote the book, why it's important. And so that's that's kind of what that's the stage for this podcast. It's it's going to be a good one. I can tell it's going to be a good one because when I was setting up the uh, interview, uh, we were doing it all by email. And I thought, man, it would be so handy if I could just talk to him. And then I thought, well, you know, this thing I'm typing on and sending email from is also a telephone. And so I pushed the little button with numbers next to it, and Tony answered. And we ended up coordinating this uh, this conversation old old school. We came old school. We actually made a phone call and talked to each other. And uh, it was fun. It was really good. So l- let me not yammer on much longer. Let's take it from here. This, my friends, is our buddy Tony Mashara, and he's going to talk to you about his new book, Risk-Based Thinking. Here it comes. Here's Tony. What what got into you to write this, and and what was what was your purpose? And then we'll talk a little detail about the book as well. But I'm, I'm sure. always curious what motivated you to do this because it's not the most fun thing to do writing a book. It is not fun. In fact, I've I've told my friends that I do not like writing books. <laughs> but um, actually, the idea started way back when I was an employee at the, the Institute of Nuclear Power Operations. Uh, back in those days, uh, you know, we had a, uh, uh, a reference manual, a handbook of sorts. We call it a human performance reference manual, which was published by Impo for the for the members for the members in the nuclear power industry. And uh, you, I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then DOE took it. Earl Carnes took it, and they uh, revised it to, for DOE purposes, and uh, it became a public domain document. Uh, on the DOE website, but um, I, I always thought that you know that there was a need uh, for 
a book that was more operational and more focused on managers than from an academic perspective. Um, you know, you know, all the books that, that seem to be out there, except yours, yours doesn't, didn't reflect this, but uh, there's a lot of books out there that use a lot of academic phrases and jargon and, uh, and, and tend to talk over the, a manager's head. So that's, that was what motivated me to, to put this thing together. And I actually put one, I actually had a draft of several chapters back in 06, 07. But I'll be honest with you, that was really too early. That was before I started my consulting, which was back in 07. And uh, I'm glad I spent, I spent the years actually working with other industries outside the nuclear power industry to uh, understand uh, what their constraints and what, what their uh, context was operationally. So I, I got a little bit better uh, perspective on uh, what a manager was confronted with uh, on a day-to-day basis. That, so, real, that real world experience plus that multiple in- industry experience is super invaluable. What led you to start thinking about risk-based thinking? Because that's what's so beautiful about what this book does. Well, some people get confused. Some people have uh, wondered if this was related to the ISO initiative. You know, uh, and it really doesn't. Um, International Organization of Standards, and so they use a, the same concept or same phrase, but it's a, it's different. You know, theirs is more of a structured process and to me there was a need to uh, to address risk that happens um, just as a matter of people going out and doing work yeah you know so the idea came when uh, I noticed that uh, you know critical steps would happen without any warning and uh, and so how do you get people to think think Mindfully, there goes that word again. Mind, with mindfulness and wariness, and and uh, this idea of chronic uneasiness was was just uh, and chronic unease was just start starting to, to you know, hit the hit the books. Um, and so um, I don't know. It was it was uh, I think it was a phrase that I I was thinking about back in 2010, 2011 when I was doing some work with. Uh, uh, so uh, my first my first uh, interaction with some of the biotech uh, uh, companies that I've worked with. So that's and then it just so happened that it it, it was a phrase that came to uh, came to uh, fruit came uh, came up during the ISO updates. Uh, so in the quality area. So Do you think it's because great minds think alike? Could be, could yeah, be. See, let's go with the great mind story. It's, it <laughs> seems like a good place to land on it. But but the thing was, I wanted to get managers start to think that uh, you got to manage the risk, not just trying to avoid error. And so many people were, were and even some of my colleagues in this area were using the words error prevention. Uh, I don't think you know, this book is not about error prevention. And it's, in fact, uh, I kind of pushed back on the, on the use of the word uh, human performance improvement, which is some some uh, a verbiage that is used by a lot of folks, you know, because really we're not really trying to improve people or fix people. We're trying to manage the risk. And I thought that phrase was uh, the best fit for what I was trying to communicate. Would you say that's a would you say that's a a, a thought uh, process that you've sort of grown into over time? 
Yeah, it was an evolution. Uh, I mean, I think uh, earlier, you know, when we were looking at critical steps, uh, we wanted to get that idea. We started thinking about critical steps around 1999, thereabouts, around the turn of the century. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, and then we realized that, you know, things don't always go as planned and sometimes critical steps crop up. So how do you manage that? So. So, you know, we and it did it wasn't clear at first, but it, it's evolved over time. And I think I didn't really have a good handle on it until maybe 2012, 2013. I think that's one of the interesting parts about this safety differently, this new view stuff that that you've mm-hmm. been involved with for so many years is that mm-hmm. it's it's really evolutionary. It, it's constantly changing. And ideas I have now are very different than ideas I had 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you write a book, as you well know, uh, your ideas become a lot clearer when you start putting pen to paper. And and somewhat permanent. It's really weird because yeah. a, a lot of ideas, after you write them and publish the book, because I don't know if people know how long it takes to publish a book. It's, it's really a tedious process. It takes a really yeah. long time. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes your, your decisions have changed um, since you wrote the book to when the book was published. Isn't that horrible? Because yeah. uh, when I wrote the book and when I submitted my manuscript, I realized well, I, I didn't say that quite right. That part's wrong. And, and you know, you know, I need to do this differently. And I just I see all the things that aren't right with it. <laughs> pitching it, pitching it to leaders, which I think is, in my humble opinion, one of the things that makes this book really great but also I think it's the most important. I've, I'm convinced that the only people that need training in New View is leadership. The yep. workers get this. I mean, they, yep. they, they understand how to manage risk. They do it every single day, all day long. Mm-hmm. Pitching it to leaders, though, that, that's an interesting challenge. What, what, what do you think makes it successful um, beyond sort of the language? What is it that makes it successful to leaders, and, and why should leaders be interested in reading this? Well, uh, it uses their words for for one thing, and it helps him realize that uh, I think in this book, I I try to make a point that safety is just good business. And uh, they're out to make a buck like anybody else. They're trying to, uh, you know, improve market share. And uh, and uh, and you can't do that very well if you're hurting people or breaking things. And so. Uh, along with you know the production activities, you got to protect the things that are near and dear to your organization and valuable, which includes people and, and includes uh, equipment and, uh, and reputation is one of those things. So, so uh, you have to have a mindset as a manager uh, to understand. Yes, I want to accomplish these things, but when I try to accomplish this particular goal, I got to manage the downside. That's what I learned a lot from. Uh, 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 Nassim Tlaib's book, The Black Swan. Yeah, I think I think the the nugget I got from that it was a it was a horrible read. It was terrible reading, but it was it was it had so many nuggets in it. But the one I, I remember the most was you gotta even though you wanna you wanna optimize the upside, you have to manage the downside. And so every work is inherently risky. I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to do work, especially value-added work, it's there's risk involved because you got to use energy, you got to move things around. 
Uh, you may have to uh, communicate some very valuable information. So, so um, managers need to understand how to manage manage not only uh, uh, people, but they got to manage the risk. Well, and you use even in your title. I mean, and I should I should probably read the title: Risk Based Thinking: Colon Managing the Uncertainty of Human Error and Operations. Even in your title, you talk about the notion of managing uncertainty, and I think actually, Tony, um, that's something that really piques leaders' interest because oh, yeah. I, I think the notion that they can manage the actual uncertainty is attractive but wrong. What I think is they manage the capacity to have uncertainty. Would you? Agree? I mean, that's that's kind of what Black Swan talks to. That's the upside downside <laughs> of the equation. And right. I think that's an important way to think of it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, managers have to realize that uh, uh, you know I, I put a lot of emphasis on principles, and one of the key principles is that people are fallible, and uh, and it's not always a, 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 um, very clear as to when and where people will make mistakes, um, and so so that's that's the uncertainty. So uh, going back to this idea of managing the risk. Uh, really what they have to manage is if they're going to use assets, the, one of the key concepts in the book is, you know, every organization has a set of assets, you know, one of which is people, uh, material and, and products and equipment and, and so forth. And so when they do work, they're applying hazards or energy sources to those assets. And usually people are touching things and usually and people are in control of those those. Uh, uh, processes. And so you have to manage the uncertainty that people enter, introduce into the work process. And so that's what this book is really all about is, is, uh, is, is basically to help them um, uh, understand big picture how their organizations create uh, not only the risk, but also create the, the means of controlling that risk. Which really is a good entree into the next question I was going to ask you. And that is, one of the directions you take this book is around systems thinking and systems learning. Yes. Um, which I think you sort of just built the case for. Why that direction and, and how important is that? Well, <clears throat> I was at a, a chemical chemical plant and I was working with some uh, first line managers, uh, middle line managers, and uh, I got a little frustrated at one point and uh, I asked the managers, let's, let's presume we want to start uh, pre-job briefings, right? If you wanted to implement pre-job briefings, what would you do? And I, I was in a U-shaped type you know, classroom environment or setup, and I looked around the classroom, and I got a deer in the headlight look from everybody. They just had no idea of how to go about uh, creating and influencing a new behavior. And uh, most managers know how to produce and how to accomplish their objectives. But when it came down to understanding how to influence behavior, they really didn't have a clue. And, uh, and, and what I've discovered, and, and one of the things the book does, it marries safety science with human performance technology. Uh, that may be a, a phrase that you, you and, the, and the listeners may not be aware of, but uh, human performance technology is uh, is a, a, an area of behavioral science uh, introduced by B.F. Skinner and then Tom Gilbert uh, in his book, Human Competence. 
And Gary so Rum- I was thinking Gary Rumler and Gary Rumler, right? And uh, and then Carl Binder uh, out in Washington. But uh, but basically, organization and systems thinking is so important for managers to understand how how uh, how influence flows from the organization from the systems down into the to the operational environment and, and influences the behavior choices of people. You know, and so and so they have to understand how organizational factors create the context or what I call local factors that in turn influence what people do or not do uh, on on uh, in the operation in the uh, out in the workplace. And, then, and so that's that's one facet of systems thinking. The other the other other facet is how their organizations influence or degrade or 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 break the defenses of the organization. And so so that's the other aspect of systems thinking that they have to understand. And then you take it one step further and, and build it into systems learning. How important is systems learning? Uh, well, let, let me give you a big picture. Uh, systems learning is is uh, is is key to me. It's it's more important than actually controlling uh, human performance out in the workplace. Wow. Uh, to me, it's it's learning where your defenses uh, uh, are weak, where your defenses are flawed, uh, where they're missing, where they're ineffective, and so it's an ongoing. Uh, effort to find out where those those weaknesses are and, and then make the changes at an at a system level at a at an organizational level and managers have that leverage they have the leverage over the over the uh, uh, how their management systems are are uh, created to to accomplish the the, the organization's goals but uh, you know big picture can I move into the building blocks which yeah is what absolutely please do saw. So big, big picture. The the organiz, the book is organized around six building blocks, which I call, you know, which is the strategic approach in chapter two, and uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm more of an operator. I have an operator perspective. I drove submarines and operated nuclear plants and and uh, uh, evaluated nuclear plants, and so my background is is an op as it comes from an operator perspective, and uh, and so so. I, I, what I've done is taken what the, the researchers have have uh, identified as key to safety and, and reliability and uh, uh, boil those down and perhaps oversimplified what the researchers have come up with. But I put it in terms that uh, that managers, line managers and executives can understand. And so I boiled it down to really three uh, uh, three core practices which is control of, of work in the workplace, um, risk-based thinking, which is uh, the, 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 the ability to adapt and flex when things don't go quite as, as planned, and then systems learning. That, those are the three core uh, um, practices of risk-based thinking, or what I call human and organizational performance. But then there are three additional support, management support Practices. One is uh, uh, training and expertise. All right, uh, and then uh, and then um, fifthly, um, observation and feedback, and then finally, ex- or integration and execution. So there are six elements to the building blocks. You know, control of critical steps in the workplace, 
uh, risk-based thinking and chronic uneasiness. That's the second one. And then systems learning is third. And then training and expertise, uh, observation and feedback, and then integration and execution. So in a sense, it's an oversimplification, but it's it's based on my experience of the things that work and that are necessary to manage this uncertainty. But if you think of them just like you said as building blocks, they really aren't simplifications. They become sort of categories, foundational categories you could within call them which that. you want to sort of have strategies, right, for improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. It's it's a mighty fine piece of work, and I think everybody ought to dig into it pretty deeply. It's it's that good of a book. What's the future look like for this world? You, you're, you've been around a while. I'm not saying you're long in the teeth, and I'm not saying you're an old man, but uh, you've seen some things come and go. You were here at the turn of the century, he says, using that <laughs> word back on you. What's the future? What do you, What's interesting to you now? Well, you know, it, we had a good example here just recently with that uh, false or uh, that uh, yeah. missile warning in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Don Norman, uh, who wrote a book, um, Design of Everyday Things, he made a comment and uh, on he, he commented on that. And, and those kind of activities happen every day. But it was interesting and it, it, it didn't surprise me, but it's sad that our society and our, our media look at human error as 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 something that's evil in a person. They think is that that people uh, uh, purposely make mistakes, so they, they so they conflate. You, this is, these are my terms. They conflate error with sin. I agree. <laughs> you know, they think that when people make mistakes and cause serious harm, that uh, there's something wrong with that person. Uh, and I have to remind. I remind managers uh, that uh, you know, error is something that breaks things. All right, that's something that's normal. But uh, you know, sin is something that breaks relationships. So we don't want to conflate the two. And so there's nothing wrong with people. It's just the conditions, the context led to people to make a, make a, 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 a take an action that had an adverse consequence. And more often than not, those consequences are driven by the way you manage. And so, so uh, I think it would be helpful uh, to see safety science, these kinds of thought, these kinds of ideas, especially in resilience engineering and the new view and high reliability. I, I would like to see more of this become standard courses in management training, management development. I'm with you every step of the way, man. Well, if yeah. I haven't said it, Tony, thank you for being you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Todd. I really appreciate it. You're, you're so welcome. Thanks for the great conversation. It was great. Thank you for the invite. So there you have it. What do you think? It, it's so much fun to talk to Tony. And I, I, his description of the book was amazing. That was great. And um, it is, I highly encourage you to pick it up. I mean, it's it's completely worth, well, it's, it's good. I mean, you'll like reading it for sure. I really liked the end when I asked him what the future is and he talked about the the relationship he has between error and sin, or not relationship, the 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 analogy he draws between error and sin, I think is really powerful. Um, it's it, it really goes to the fact that that if we look at error as a moral judgment, 
then we're always going to judge the error maker as if they were less than insufficient bad people. And I really think that's a powerful metaphor. Uh, and, and I think for Tony, it is really a powerful metaphor. He chooses those words very carefully. I mean, he chooses every word pretty carefully. But I, I always think that's really an interesting jumping off place. It's, uh, it's not someplace you want to start a discussion in your organization, but it is a really good discussion to have as your organization matures and, and you start getting feedback like around the Hawaiian missile launch warning system or the Chattanooga school bus, when people in your organization say, you know, they fired those people, but what they fix, you can talk about the notion that they're treating errors if it's sin. And that's going to work really well. What what a great time. Thanks, thanks for listening. It's always a, a great part of my day to spend a little time with you guys. I hope you feel the same way about the little podcast. It's going to be a great year. Just... Uh, Hold on to your seatbelts because there's lots of stuff coming up, and I think you're going to like every bit of it. I'm, I'm really excited about all this stuff. So without much further ado, that's the podcast. Special thanks to Tony Mashara. Um, we'll see you guys maybe at the ORC HOP meeting in Houston. That's coming up, and uh, I'm going to speak there. That's going to be a good time. I, I, I'm actually Looking forward to seeing everybody, so that'll be fun. Until then, maybe I'll see you in an airport someplace. But as always, no fear, my brothers and sisters. Be brave. That's really important. It seems like it's getting even more important, and so that's good. Um, I hope you learned something new every single day. I bet you did today. Have as much fun as you possibly can, and for goodness sakes, be safe.